0: Hello, and welcome to the Hot Corner Podcast, brought to you by Play MSP. And now to our hosts, Brittany Heil
1: and Matt Williams. Hi, welcome to another episode on the Hot Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Heil, and co-host, Matt Williams. Hi, Matt. What's
0: up? What's up? Pumped to be here. We're coming in hot with the Hot Corner Podcast today.
1: We are. We are going to talk mindset controlling what you can control, leaving the uncontrollables behind us. So the majority of things in our life, you cannot control. For example, what other people say and do when you're on the field, you can't control the umpires. Uh, you can control, you can influence the outcome of it, of the situation, but you can't control it. So this episode, we're really going to try and hone in how you can practice controlling what you can control.
0: And like this, just to jump in, Brittany, too, I mean, it's especially relevant right now because we're, you know, at the time of this recording, we're stuck at home with all this coronavirus stuff. So you talk about things you can't control, freaking A, the coronavirus is one of those. And so it's like, how can we stay positive? How can we stay focused on putting our energy where it matters, not where it's wasted? So,
1: Mm -hmm. That's such a great point. And leading into that, we're going to talk about like ways to do that. And that's practice. Every day you got to practice your mindset. Some days you'll wake up and it's hard. Some days are going to be a lot harder than others. But if you can practice your mindset and being positive and looking at only what you can control, it'll make a world of difference. So Matt, you know, going into this on the field, what are some of the things that we can control?
0: I mean, definitely some of the things that we can control um, on the field. We can control how well we prepare. Have we taken the swings that we need? Have we, you know, concentrated on our bullpens? Have we taken the ground balls? We can focus. We can control our our preparation for sure. We can control our attitude with things. Is it positive? Is it negative? Now, it's not always easy, but we can. We do have control over if we're staying positive or not. Um, I think another thing that we can control is our focus or our concentration. Are we present where our feet are or are we letting our mind wander to all the other justifiable distractions that are important in our lives, but at the same time can take away from our performance? And you know, I think one another thing that comes to mind right off the top of my head too is just that you can always control your effort. There, there's never an excuse to not hustle. Like, I don't care what happened. I don't care why, um, how you made it out, how bad your day is going. You can always hustle. And so I think our effort is is something else that we have control over at all times.
1: Yeah. Effort. And you mentioned staying positive. You know, positive isn't just being vocally positive. It's your body language. Uh, you could have... Uh, positive, you could be cheering on your teammates, but if you have a negative body language, then it's going to come out of your voice too. Negativity will. So having positive body language, standing tall, smiling, your head's up, you're not down, walking away from your teammates, that makes a big difference too, just within your mindset. And I think a lot of people, if you strike out Or if you get criticized or getting, you know, feedback on something you did wrong or the error you made, people kind of go into that shell and it's overcoming that shell and coming out of it and looking at it as a positive and getting better. So you don't do that again, or going back in your preparation and fixing what didn't work.
0: 100% because like, you know, I think about the question, like when has being negative ever helped anything? like we all want to succeed we want to win we want to perform well uh, we want to enjoy what we're doing it's like literally i don't know any way shape or form that negativity helps and i read this quote the other day um you know a lot of our parents and coaches might have heard the name zig Zigler um famous speaker and stuff but his quote was like you know a positive attitude doesn't literally automatically make things better for you but a positive attitude makes you better at all the things that you Are doing. So it's like, yeah, you know, just because you're in a good mood doesn't mean you're going to go get a hit or you're going to go strike out the batter. But I guarantee you that a positive attitude is going to give you a better chance to get a hit can give you a better chance to um, succeed in terms of your performance. So.
1: And even if I can mention and piggyback up on that, you put your team in a better place too. Yeah. I mean, everybody is it's not going to be your day every single day. If it's not your day, it's going to be your teammates day. And then your teammate, if it's not their day, it's going to be your day. I mean, you got to work together with your positive attitude.
0: 100%. I think being a great teammate falls under everything that we're talking about. Like if the cool thing about being a great teammate is like if I'm 0 for four with four strikeouts and I'm like, this is the worst day on the field ever. But if I know that I, I was a great teammate, it's like, well, shoot, I helped the team today. You know, I didn't, I didn't help in terms of getting a hit or strike or just had a bad day offensively but you know if you come to the park and every time you're in a dugout that you are just pumping up your teammates you're looking for ways to encourage and and help them out then like it's like you're guaranteed to bat a thousand like sign me up for that like i'll i want to bat a thousand and because you can do that at all times and again just to reiterate i mean i don't know i don't know Brittany if any you know examples or anything come to mind because like this isn't easy you know so we're definitely not pretending like you know, as we're working with young athletes and stuff, we we don't want to make them think that their feelings and their emotions aren't legitimate because they're they're real, um, and it's okay to feel those things. It's like, what do we do with them? And so that's where I don't know if any examples come to mind from playing or your coaching days, but it's like feelings are real, so we we want to make sure that we validate that with our athletes. We just, we just want to redirect that energy into something that's positive and constructive and speak to the fact that it's hard. But just because it's hard doesn't mean we don't have control over it. So,
1: And that's a great way to lead, to lead into the uncontrollables of the game in life. And one of the biggest things we can't control is failure. And in softball and baseball, you fail 7 out of 10 times if you're a 300 hitter. We've heard, Matt, I'm sure you've heard that your whole life. I've heard that my whole life. If you're a 300 hitter, I mean, think about that. You fail seven times out of 10. That's more than succeeding. You're only being successful three times. I mean, who wants to hear that?
0: I mean, any other aspect in life, like if you fail seven out of 10 times, like, dude, you're fired. Like, (laughs) it's like, it just doesn't work except we... You know, ball and bat sports like we're gluttons for punishment. Let's sign up for something where we get to succeed 30% of the time and get called really good.
1: Right. Uh, So, I mean, channeling that and knowing, okay, this game, I went 0 for 3. But, I mean, you got to look at that 0 for 3 and see did you advance a runner? Did you score a run with a sack fly? And channeling that and Seeing, okay, I went over three today. What do I need to do to fix that? And that's where you need to, I think, channel your mindset on being better and bettering yourself for not only internal purposes, but for your team and your coach and your family. And uh, that's, I mean, that's hard. It's not easy to fail, but. I mean, what insight do you have on overcoming that failure?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the perspective that we're talking about and being prepared ahead of time of the different things you might encounter helps to helps to go through that. Cause I mean, you know, as players, and I know a lot of our parents and coaches have played baseball, softball, other sports. So we've experienced what it's like to to succeed and fail in athletic competition. But just talking to our athletes and being like, Hey, remember, like this is hard. Like, you can't control this. Like you're going to square a ball up and hit the crap out of it. And it's going to go right at somebody on the field and you're going to be out, even though you did everything right, mm-hmm. you still are out. Um, so I think just speaking to that is super important so that we can help our athletes think ahead of the hard things that are going to come. So they're not like, we give them a chance to, when we're talking about preparation being something you can control, we're giving them a chance to, you know, think through the adversity before it happens so that they're a little more prepared to handle that because I mean we're dealing with young people. You know, young people are, are learning and growing and developing emotionally and physically and intellectually in all different all different ways. And so the the more we can help them think ahead, I think that's really, really important as parents and coaches.
1: That's very important. You know, you you mentioned growing emotionally and physically and developing twelve and under, I mean, these kids Their emotions are up and down. (laughs) I know when I got to college, one thing they told me was I need to level out my emotions and, you know, stay, stay even keel and not get too high or get too low. That was something I didn't learn at a young age. So it was difficult. That was something I battled all throughout college because I would get really high when We made great plays and we were winning and I'd get really low if things weren't going our way. And I think having those conversations with our athletes when they're developing at a younger age will help prepare them like you've talked about and like we've talked about. It will help them prepare for those failures because it's going to happen. But having the conversations with them, asking them how they felt, what they saw, what they were going through during that game or situation they were in, I think will help. And just not looking at it as a way to yell at them. It's having the conversation with them. I think that's where if we yell at them, they don't understand. And then their emotions go AWOL again.
0: Brittany, I think that's such a huge point because you know, as coaches and parents, obviously, you know, we have emotions involved because we care about our kids and we want to see them succeed. And so that's, that's natural and understandable. But I also think we need to remind ourselves that we are the adults in this conversation. And if it's hard for us as adults to control our emotions, to handle adversity and failure, then how much more so for a young person, and depending on the age we're coaching, physiologically like their brains are literally still developing so their their capacity to think about the future think about unintended consequences think about how to handle emotions in a rational way in a very emotional environment i mean sometimes like you're literally trying asking them to do things that borderline not possible yet because they're still learning and growing so that's where it's even more important for us to be thinking ahead about this kind of stuff because we have to be the adults in the conversation and guide them. Because the whole point of this youth sports thing in general is to help our kids learn and grow. We know most of these kids aren't going to be college athletes, let alone pro. So opportunities like this to help our to help our kids learn and grow, I mean, that's the whole point. Like otherwise, why are we even doing this? Because mm-hmm. um, the trophies are going to get dust, right? I mean, when we're 35, when a 12 year old's 35 years old, I mean, they're not going to look back and say, hey, remember when I was 12 and I hit like four twelve? It's like, no, like that's no. not the stuff that matters.
1: They remember their teammates. They remember the memories outside of the game itself, which I I don't know about you, but for me as a coach, it drives me crazy sometimes. I mean, I love them making memories, but I uh, also want them to remember the game itself. But usually a couple months or years down the road when they're talking about, a certain situation, it has nothing to do with the game. You're like, don't you even remember playing? No, it's the memories and the developing. And that's what helps develop them as people off the field.
0: You know, that makes me think, thinking about development. And, you know, there's one other at least I know we can get into more, but there's at least one other huge topic of things that we can't control that I think we got to dive into for a couple minutes. And that's umpires and officials um yes. Brittany, you're a catcher i'm a catcher you maybe you can talk a little bit about that but i mean just thinking about you cannot control an umpire's bad call nope period and no matter
1: how much you try you and you won't and the harder you try i feel like the less calls you are going to get
0: 100 <laughs> percent. yeah it's like you you can guarantee that if there's a 50-50 call and you've made the umpire upset with you that consciously or subconsciously the chances of that call going your way are not good but Mm -hmm. it's like we've all been there we've all seen the and maybe you know and honestly like we've been there ourselves in terms of getting frustrated with umpires but what kind of example are we setting as parents and coaches and adults if if we're yelling at umpires what do you think our kids are going to do
1: yeah and being a catcher i felt like a lot of the times I was apologizing to the umpire for a parent or a coach in trying to stay on their good side. And so, you know, it's important. I mean, you're a catcher, so we're both biased about that position. But at the start of the game, I would always introduce myself and shake their hand and try and get on that good side because I knew a couple innings or a couple pitches into the game, the uh, coach was going to make a comment that I could just feel the eyes behind me roll back hmm. into their head. And I would very discreetly either apologize or ask him for feedback on what he saw. You know, umpires are human and they're going to make mistakes. We just, we have to understand that and know that they are doing the best that they can and just give them a break because if they aren't out there, we won't be out there.
0: No, that's a great point too. I mean, we literally need the officials to execute the game. And, you know, it just brings me back to, you know, coaching last summer, we lost a one, nothing game and there was a super close play at the plate, you know, where we, or our guy got called out and I mean, really close, you know, you both either side was going to be furious with whatever the call was. And so, You know, so that was an interesting experience because, you know, our players were saying things like, you know, the umpire just stole the game from us. You know, we got robbed, you know, that that we should have tied. We should have won because, you know, we should have had that run. And I think it's important that we validate their feelings and even speak to that. Like, guys, I'm super frustrated with that call. I completely disagree with that in every single way. But here's the reality. I can't change it and neither can you. So now we have a choice of focusing our energy on something that's wasted, like, yelling at an umpire and trying to change something in the past or as frustrating as that is we can direct that energy forward and say now what can i do because of that what can we learn if the game is still going on it's like how can we how can we focus on scoring another run and the other thing that i straight up tell players sometimes and i think as parents and coaches we can keep in mind is the bottom line is if we are we re- relying on an umpire's call to win a game we weren't good enough to win that game in the first place exactly so let's just like you call that what it is. Like if you need the umpire's help, then we need to talk about how we're training and practicing and we need to focus on getting better, not focus on yelling at that umpire because we got work to do if that's what we need to win a game.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you said it all right there. If if you're relying on one call, then you did not put enough preparation into the game. It's hard and it breaks breaks the heart when it comes down to that one call, but it is what it is. And you just, you got to learn from it. Can't take it out on the umpire because he wasn't in that situation. He was in the situation to make the call, but he wasn't playing. That was us. Absolutely. So we have talked about a lot of controllables and uncontrollables. And each episode, we always go into a quick win. We want to be able to give the listeners something to take with them so they can look at this as a whole and just have a quick idea on how they can either calm down from a bad call or a bad situation they're in so they can look at it and understand if it's controllable or not controllable. And so, Matt, going into this episode, we were talking about an acronym, PACE. Can you tell the listeners about PACE?
0: Yeah, so... Obviously, you know you can make you can make a list of a bunch of things that you can versus can't control, but you can probably summarize just about everything you can control in four categories. And so we use the 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 acronym PACE P A C E. So you can control your preparation, your attitude, your concentration, and your effort. Just about anything we can control is going to fall into one of those buckets. And so. For our quick win, we wanted to share a a quote or a saying, uh, whether it's the acronym alone or something that you might find helpful both for yourself um, as parents and coaches and also for the athletes that work in is your pace will determine how you finish the race. Your pace will determine how you finish the race. If you want to win the race, if you want to finish well, then we need to stay focused on our preparation, our attitude, our concentration, and and our effort. If you want to guarantee to losing the race or quitting the race or finishing poorly, then your preparation, your attitude, your concentration, your effort, if those are bad, there's no shot you finish the race. And by race, we mean whatever we're talking about on or off the field. So maybe that's something that uh, you can take with you and you can use that with your teams because it's easy enough to remember. It uh, doesn't matter how old a kid is, they can remember the, 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 name, the word pace. And you can use that to kind of define it's like bad call. Hey, remember pace, uh, make an error. Remember pace, you know, did something really well. Remember pace. We can't control anything other than our preparation or attitude and our concentration efforts. So that is something that we wanted to offer up is something you might be able to take to your athletes and your teams.
1: I love that. And maybe instead of people saying, I need you to hustle, maybe it can be, I need you to check your pace. Nice. I really... Check your pace. I love that. And I love it too because I know when I tell my girls to hustle, they're mm-hmm. usually rolling their eyes at me. And then mm-hmm. that makes them have to run more. So I really love pace and to tell our athletes, check your, pace.
0: Check I, your I'm, pace. I'm 100% stealing that whenever we get to start coaching again because I'm thinking about bad body language on the mound. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about being in the third base box with with the guy that strikes out you know parents in the stands it's like hey check your pace not mad at you just check that pace Mm -hmm. that's really good Brittany. crushed it
1: (laughs) well there we go uh so that's all we got for today and uh we need you to go and subscribe to our podcast so the new one will hit your inbox wherever you listen to podcasts as soon as it it lands and then uh Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at hotcorner underscore pod. It's at Corner, underscore pod. And uh, again, we gotta give a big shout out to our producer, Cole. He's the man. Yes sir, Cole. Our MSP staff, they're uh, keeping us sane through the stay at home order. And our number one thanks goes to you, the listener. So until next time, remember that we are better together and we'll talk to you next week.